Let's do that hockey. And welcome back to another edition of Dauber Prospects Radio, a World Junior 2021 preview episodes. This is episode 98, and I'm going to be talking all things Team Sweden on this episode. And today, I'm very happy to be welcoming back to the podcast, uh, McKean's European scout, Jimmy Hamron. Jimmy, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm I'm doing quite well. I I think I'm considering the situation in the world. I'm I'm healthy and thankful for that. And hopefully we're gonna see some world junior hockey soon here because uh, the junior hockey here is close now in Sweden. So I'm really missing missing that right now. So that would be really fun if all this works out well. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm glad to hear you're doing well. I think uh, the whole world is 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 feeling it right now, so it, it's nice to hear that at least you're you're doing okay in your neck of the woods. And um, I'm missing hockey here too in in Canada. The OHL is not playing, and they have plans to start sometime in February, but we'll see. Uh, and I'm really uh, I'm really hopeful that we get some World Juniors. I know there's a lot of debate on Twitter, and um, I talked about it on the USA episode with Chris Peters about. The ethics of whether or not the World Junior Tournament should be playing during this time and if it's safe and all that. Uh, so we hashed all that out. Um, I'm on the opinion that as long as they follow all the protocols and don't spare any expenses and follow the rules of the bubble that the, the template was laid out by the NHL, uh, and it was very successful, uh, that hopefully they can, they can play the tournament, they'll have enough healthy players and healthy teams, we'll be able to have a tournament and, and everyone will... We'll come out unscathed and we'll have a Merry Christmas. So let's talk some some Sweden here, bud. Yeah. Um, they've announced their roster. Uh, they have uh, three. They went with the three goalies, eight defensemen, and 14 forward uh, setup. And they have a number of undrafted players. They have a number of Detroit Red Wings players. Um, so before we start dive, deep diving into the roster, let's just talk really quickly about some of the players uh, who didn't make the cut. Every year, there's for each team, there's players that aren't able to to crack the roster. And this year, there's been some COVID casualties for for, for teams that weren't able to have players. And sometimes NHL teams don't release their players, or their club teams don't release them for the World Juniors. We were talking a little bit just before I hit the record button, and uh, there's one player that stands out. I think to most people that didn't make the roster and, and you feel pretty strongly about it. So let's talk about Helga Granz. Yeah, uh, I'm really disappointed. I was agitated a bit too by, but that, by that decision by, by the Swedish management. Uh, I think it's really weird. And first of all, if you look at Sweden's defense, there are eight defensemen. Uh, there are eight, uh, six of them uh, shoots left. Two of them shoots right. And that's Gustav Berglund, a, a Detroit prospect, probably a seventh or eighth defenseman on this team, uh, uh, or maybe sixth defenseman. I don't know how they will do it, but uh, he is not an impactful player. And the other right hand shot is Victor Soderstrom, uh, and he will probably be the best defenseman on, on Swedish team. So those are the only right handed shots. And 
Victor Söderström has been struggling with injuries. Uh, I hope he's he- healthy enough now. Uh, hopefully he's fit to play uh, and, and all that. But if he's not, Helge Grans would be a pretty good player to, to have as a reserve for that top pairing. Uh, because he he plays the power play in the SHL. Uh, he plays... He can play in almost all situations. He's not a complete player yet, as well, not many players are on this age. Uh, so, so we sure he has made some mistakes and, and stuff like that. But but he's a smart player. He's a good two-way defenseman, a good puck mover. He's big and he's a right-handed shot. So I just can't see why, why they couldn't uh, get a roster spot for him. There are players on this team, uh, this defensive core here, that I just thought, well, some of them I have even seen. I mean, they are undrafted, as you say, and some of them are, are pretty mediocre playing junior hockey in Sweden. And Helge Grans is, you know, playing well in, in the men's league, SHL. So uh, for me, it's really weird. I think I think they did this uh, decision by just thinking, okay, these players uh, compete for this kind of role on the team and uh, other players, you know, uh, competes for a role. And it, I would like them to, to just pick the best players and then say to a guy like Helge or another who maybe is a little bit more offensive, just, okay, so your role on this team would be more defensive than you used to. But, uh, yeah, because I think he is he would do that role better than, than players that could struggle in this role in in the junior hockey as well. So I think it was a really weird decision by, by Sweden to, to, to leave him out. Yeah. Um, I mean, so there can be a lot of reasons why, why players get snubbed. Um, I'm looking at his profile on elite prospects right now and in 18 games in the SHL this season, he's got eight points. So wow. as an 18 year old, you know, he's playing a prominent role for Malmo by the looks of it. He played 21 games in the SHL last year. So he's got a lot of quality pro experience um he's put up a minus 11 um so eight points in 18 games and a minus 11 you always take plus minus with with a grain of salt um, yeah, and, and malmo is, is a yeah. team in the bottom of the standing so uh, many almost all players on that team are minus players so right. i wouldn't and it's not like know, it's a minus 20 yeah um, yes, he's sure. He's got international experience with Sweden before. Uh, he's played yeah. at the U18s and the U17s, so he's a player that would that they'd be, and he's played at the Halinka with Sweden. So he's got a lot of familiarity with with the national program there. Um, sometimes there's politics involved, uh, and that can be difficult to hash out for us podcasters, bloggers, and uh, um, scout reporters, whatever you want to call us, yeah. um, because we're not. We're not as as inside as as we would like to be. Uh, sometimes there's some character flaws that um, that cause him to be off the roster. Uh, there was a lot of questions about Noel Gundler last year and yeah, why yeah. he wasn't on certain rosters and a lot of rumors and speculations. But he made the cut this year, and I guess Helge Grans got the uh, the snub for Team Sweden this year. Uh, it is it is curious. I don't understand it myself, and and you're much more connected to the scene in Sweden than I am. So if you don't know, then I guess we'll, well never know. Yeah, well, well, I think they did it just the way I tried to explain that that they put a group of play. Okay, we 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 need to have a, a power play defensemen, offensive defensemen, and we need a group of defensive defensemen uh, play penalty kill and so on. And he was probably. Competing with Philip Roberg and Victor Soderstrom and those guys for the power play 
since he plays there in SHL. And of course, Broberg and Soderstrom are further ahead in the development than Helge Graham. So, so he he was cut for that reason. But but I just I just can't. I don't agree with that mindset. I think a player that is a dynamic defenseman that can play the power play, uh, I think you can use that player to be successful in another role as well in a short tournament like this. So uh, I, I think that was weird thinking from Sweden's part. I, I, I think really think that that's the reason they did that, that. Right. And if you have a player who's, you know, the bottom pairing is going to be probably a healthy scratch more often than not, wouldn't you rather have the player in your bullpen, a guy that could fill in and and take over that top power play spot if you have an injury to someone like Philip Roberg or, or Victor Soderstrom, if one of those guys blows a knee, then you can say, that's okay. We got uh, we got Helga Granz. We'll just we'll just yeah. throw him in there. It's not that big of a step down, as opposed to whoever they would currently be looking at now. It's like, ooh. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I think like that, but the Swedish management did not think like that. So that bugged me. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's move on and let's talk about some of the guys that did make the cut and will be playing for Sweden if we have a, a tournament. And I like to start in goal. So the goalies named to the team are uh, two 18-year-olds and a 19-year-old. Hugo Almfelt, who played last year and is the 19-year-old. He's the Tampa Bay Lightning prospect uh, from the third round in the 2019 draft. He looks like the guy to me that'll that'll be given the ball to run with it and hopefully he can carry it he looked fine last year and his uh backup is um cali clang and jesper waltstadt so that's my assessment of the goaltending they're both 18 year olds the the other two uh cali clang was drafted by pittsburgh this past draft in the third round and jesper waltstadt is a 21 eligible prospect for the NHL draft. So uh, I'd love to hear your take on Sweden's goaltending hierarchy. Yeah, I think this is a, this will be really interesting to see how, how the Swedish man, management does this. Because as you said, Olnefeldt, he is internationally experienced. He he was the starter when Sweden, this age group, won the U18 gold uh, world championship in uh, 2019. And he... He was the starter and had a really one of the best goalies I thought, thought in the whole tournament last year. Uh, so they won the bronze there, and so he he looks obviously that way, but uh, like the obvious fit that way. But Jesper Wallstedt uh, is a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, goalie prospect. He already plays in the SHL. He has much better number in the SHL as Olnefeldt. Uh, uh, he has uh, been the best goalie for his SHL team, and I, I think he can he can be a, a top ten pick, uh, at least top twenty pick in the upcoming draft. Here, I think he is the best goalie prospect Sweden has produced in I don't know very long time. Uh, Sweden has never had a first round goalie. I think Jacob Markstrom was like the first pick in the second round once and he's the highest so far. So uh, Jesper Wallstedt is really intriguing to me. He has a really amazing hockey sense for goalie. Every, he, he plays a bit like Carey Price. He looks so calm all the time and uh, just has impressed really well here in the SHL. So to me he 
Hugo Allenfeld hasn't done anything wrong, but Jesper Wolfstedt just just um, caught up with him, and now I think he's the better goalie. So my <laughs> hope is for them to to pick Wolfstedt as the starter, but I think Allenfeld will have a good chance. He's like a safe pick. The players know him, the coaches know him, and so on. But uh, but uh, but I think that could be a mistake because I think uh, Wolfstedt is is the best goalie that Sweden has here. Well, that's very interesting. I love it when draft-eligible players not only make the tournament, but um, ha- shine in it. I mean, we, we yeah. see it every year, and, and sometimes they they have a hiccup. And I think you can... I don't think you can hurt your draft status too badly by having a, a draft-eligible appearance at the World Juniors and either you know not playing a very large role or being overwhelmed. Um, but you certainly can help it. So if you go into yeah. the World Juniors as a draft eligible player and dominate, uh, that that bodes very well for your draft stock. Um, I think scouts still try to take it with a grain of salt. It's a short tournament. It's just a few games. But um, the fact that you're able to rise to the occasion when the stakes are high, even if it's only for a short period, um, yeah. that's there's value in that. And yeah. you need to notice that. Um, being overwhelmed in a tournament where you're you're underaged is is there's no shame in that. Just making yeah. the roster is is an accomplishment in its in its own. Um, so that's interesting. That'll be a really interesting goaltending battle to to see in Sweden. Um, yeah. And it sounds like goaltending could be a strength of of the the team. Would you say? Yeah, either one they take, they they will have a good goal in net. So, so I'm not worried that way. But it would be really fun to see Wallstedt. Well. I think that's one thing that's against him is that he hasn't that uh, he's never been the starter in a big international tournament due to the U18 was cancelled um, this spring. So he doesn't have the experience that Onefell has. But other than that, I, I think he should be the starter. So I'm really hoping for that. Safe to say he'll get uh, at least a game or two. Uh, there's yeah, preliminary yeah. games yeah. coming up this week just before Christmas. Um, and then during the round robin, at least, I'm sure he'll get a, a game in there as well. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, they'll they'll sort it out themselves and the coach will go with the hot hand. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about the blue line. Last year, the blue line was, was certainly Sweden's um, strength. They were... It was comprised entirely of first-round draft picks, uh, and there were some very prominent household names. This year, we've got eight defensemen, and by my count, I see three first-round draft picks on the roster. So that number has come down a little bit. Um, so therefore, I think it's it's safe to say that they're not as strong on the blue line as they were this time last year. You've got uh, returning players in Victor Soderstrom, um, Philip Broberg, and I believe Tobias Bjornfort made the team last year as well. Uh, so those would those would be your, your top three defensemen. We already kind of touched on them when we were speaking Helge Granz, but uh, is that your assessment as well, that those those two or three are the, the top pairing and those guys will be carrying the mail for Sweden? Yeah, but I but I I would uh, put in Albert Johansson there as well. I think he uh, has shown great development. I really liked him in his draft year, but uh, he has really impressed after his draft year, and I think he he looks really really good on uh, Färjestad in SHL, and I think uh, Detroit got a steal there actually in the with the, I think he was picked 60th uh, or something like that late in that second round. So 
exactly right. I think he he is at the same uh, level as the other three guys. So uh, maybe even better than one or two of them. So I, I really like him. He skates really well. He's a great uh, two-way defenseman. I think those four will play uh, in almost every situation and be carrying the Swedish uh, defense. Yeah, I would, uh, Albert Johansson is a player who has certainly been on the rise, and he's been moving up on on my radar for my fantasy team. Um, and I had him on my watch list, and someone else added him before before I did. Uh, so that was disappointing. But if you're in a fantasy league, there's a prospect to keep an eye on in this tournament, um, depending on how deep your leagues are. Um, as as Jimmy said, he was a 2019 draft pick at the end of the second round, 60th overall. And he's just a guy who's who's climbing up high. Um, Victor Soderstrom, Arizona Coyotes, uh, first round pick from 2019. And Broberg is an Edmonton Oilers first round pick, eighth overall from 2019. So those guys will will be the, the main players. You've got a, uh, only one 18-year-old on the blue line. That's Emil Andre. He yeah. went uh, to Philadelphia in the second round, right about the same time as Johansson, 54th overall in this year's draft. Uh, is he a player that uh, you would say would be in the bottom pairing, but a regular in the top six? Yeah, I certainly hope so. Uh, he is, I would say he also would be uh, in the Grands, Helge Grands uh, category of an, more of an offensive defenseman, maybe than a defensive def- defenseman. Uh, but I, I certainly hope he will play the bottom pair. He is very skilled with the puck. Um, yes, I think he's at his best uh, when he gets to play power play, but he hasn't played in much power play, I think, in SHL this season and uh, been in a smaller role there. And I think he's handled himself well and uh, a smaller defenseman, but great puck mover and he competes really well. So I think coaches like him that way. He will. Uh, compete really hard to win and uh, got some leadership abilities too. I think he can be the captain for next year's uh, World Juniors, for example. So uh, I, I like that he's still on the team. And I think he, if I would pick the team, I would pick him in, in the third pairing. Nice. All right. So let's talk about uh, two players who are undrafted. Uh, Alex Branstrom, not Branstrom. Uh, and Ludwig Hedstrom. So these guys are both 19 years old. Uh, I believe they are both 2019 draft eligibles, but I haven't checked their actual birth dates. So if they're both 19 draft eligibles, these are guys that have been passed over two times now in the NHL draft. Um, What's the upside with these guys? What what kind of players are they like? Well, (laughs) you tell me. I'm not a big fan of uh, Sweden picking these guys. I don't. I don't see the upside there. I think. I think (laughs) they they compete for. uh, I think they they've been with this age group national team since they were 15, 16 years old, and just uh, keep getting picked there. I think. uh, They both can can play defensively. I think they want them in a defensive role. so I think that's why, why they picked. They, uh, I think they team loyal, hardworking guys. But but I don't see a big upside either way there. And there none of them are uh, especially big either. So uh, I I won't expect them to get uh, drafted this summer either. So uh, but they are, are on this team and probably maybe they're important guys in the locker room and. 
they will also take any role that uh, the coaches will give them. So I, I, I will guess to see these guys playing maybe. Maybe Brandstam, I think, has a bigger shot uh, of playing and maybe in a, a penalty kill. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Seventh defenseman, sixth defenseman role. All right. So nothing to see there is what you're saying. Uh, no. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> yes, that's I'm trying I'm to find some some fantasy gems that uh, listeners can can get a name for and then watch for the tournament. But it sounds like we got to dig a little deeper here. Uh, so let's uh, move up front and go to uh, the forwards. And I mentioned earlier the name Noel Gunler and how he was left off the roster last year, and that was a big question mark as to you know a team that struggled up front. Uh, with their forwards uh, to find offense was, I think, the the problem with Sweden last year. And they omitted a player like Noel Gundler, who's who's a goal scorer. Uh, he's made the team this year, um, and he's playing in the SHL, and he's doing very well. He's a second-round pick by Carolina, and he's on his second team this season in the SHL. So it looks like he had a trade there. Um, what can you tell me about uh, Noel Gundler and perhaps what happened with the trade? Yeah, so it's like this. It's been uh, it's been on you know uh, the prospect radar for for many years now, and uh, he has this is this will be his first international big tournament. He has been, I think, he was cut for the Linka. He was cut for the U eighteen World Championship. He was cut for the U twenty uh, last year. So this will be the first time, and uh, he has been early developed there in Lulio and uh, been. Uh, you know, he was with the junior team early. He was up with the senior team early, and but from from the start from this season, he he got the same role that he has last season. So he didn't play much, and the, the Swedish season started before the draft. So I think he fell a bit extra in the draft just because uh, when they started the season, he was still like a thirteenth forward, twelfth forward for Lulio and. Uh, didn't get to play in the power play and stuff like that. So uh, I, I think he just said, got to the management there in Lulu and said, I mean, for, for my own development, I need to, to move. And then they find a fit there with Brinas, another uh, SHL team. So he has gotten more opportunity. He plays more regularly there. So uh, I think that's good for his development. And it will be really fun to see him in this tournament. I think uh, he he will get a you know top six role here, and hopefully he can he can score some goals for Sweden and be a, a good player. Uh, it, it would be interesting also to to see how he how they will play him on the power play in the first, or if it's the second line. There are many right-handed shots, uh, good right-handed shots on uh, Sweden's uh, forward group here. So. Uh, that would be interesting too. But I think he will have a good tournament. And he's a right winger. So his major competition for first line minutes is going to come from um, Alexander Holtz and Lucas Raymond, who are both down as right wingers. Do you think, so are any of these guys going to play in a position outside of right wing in a top six role on this, either maybe center or switch to the left between uh, those three? I, yeah, I think uh, Holtz and Raymond will play together. Um they have done so before and uh, with success. It's been reported that uh, Theodor Niederbach will be the center for that line. Uh, it was supposed to be Carl Henriksson, but he, he got COVID, so he couldn't come to this tournament. Those three, Henriksson, Raymond and Holtz, has been really successful internationally before. 
but Niederbach is a uptrending uh, prospect too. So he has been tearing it up in the Swedish Junior League this season, and it would be really interesting to see him with uh, Raymond and Holtz here. And they're all three right-handed shots, so that would be fun too to see in the same line. And then on a second line, I think it's pretty clear that Gunler would play. So uh, I would guess he get to play with uh, probably Simon Holmström, uh, who was the first line, first round draft pick for. Um, uh, New Islanders uh, in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I would guess, just guessing now. I, I don't know how the second line will be, but I, I think those two are after uh, Raymond and Holtz, the best um, offensive uh, wingers on this team. So that will be interesting to see. Uh, I think I don't know which one of Raymond or Holtz would play the. The left side probably holds. I guess he likes to shoot from that left circle, so maybe he will go on the left side. Uh, and I, I think Gunler he could play either way. So, uh, but I, I think maybe he so also will play on the left side as uh, he likes uh, to, to have a stick uh, into the uh, what do you say? Well, stick, the, yeah, into the slot and, and be able to shoot. You know. Uh, from the come closer to goal when he is able to shoot too. So, well, Red Wings fans will get a a hoot out of watching that first line for Sweden because they uh, own Niederbach and Raymond. Those are both yeah. Detroit Red Wings prospects. So you know the Red Wings will be watching this closely, and Red Wings fans will be will be cheering for Team Sweden for sure since they got five guys in total. Um, so looks like four of the top six are, are wingers and Holtz, Gundler, Raymond, and Holmstrom. Those are all wingers. So yeah. would you say that they're a little thin down the middle then in Sweden? Yeah, definitely. Um, as I mentioned, Carl Henriksson uh, got COVID and William Eklund, also a winger. Uh, he has he has been tremendous in the SHL this season. He would be a really good player. He would definitely play on... When Eklund was uh, available, he he could uh, he could have played with Holtz too because he plays with Holtz uh, in the SHL. So they could have split uh, Raymond and Holtz and have two great lines. So it was really tough for Sweden to lose Henriksson and Eklund. Uh, and Eklund can also play center, so he could have been a center maybe between Raymond or Holtz or in a second line. So. Uh, that made him really thin uh, down the middle. And now will be Niederbach and, I don't know, the second line center, probably Albin Sönsvik or Arvid Kostmar. Uh, Kostmar is playing in a defense. Both of those two is playing a defensive role in the SHL. So they are, you know, good two-way centers. Uh, Kostmar has, um, I think he has some offensive upside in his game. It's pretty skilled with the pack and so on but he has taken a penalty killing role this season and done it really well uh, with Lynn Shopping in, in the SHL so some of those two I think and then maybe uh, the fourth line center I would guess will be maybe Oscar Bichelius uh, another undrafted uh, 2001 birthday uh, so not a strong player there so Sweden uh, as you say, a really thin down the middle. That's the biggest weakness of, of their team. All right. So they've got uh, three players as well that are um, undrafted or, or free agents, I should say. 
both. Yeah. You've got uh, Oscar Vesalius, who you just mentioned, uh, 19-year-old, undrafted. Uh, Oscar Kvist. Yeah. I say it, how, am I, how do you say that last name? Yeah, you, you nailed it. I nailed it. That's amazing. All right, yeah. so he's a 19-year-old. <laughs> he's also undrafted. And Jonathan uh, Wickstrom uh, is also on the team and unaffiliated. Do any of these players... Uh, have fantasy gem potential upside as undrafted NHL players who could be, you know, overage draft players uh, in 21, or maybe sign as free agents and um, and come on as late bloomers. Well, if 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 there is any of them, I think it's Oscar Quist. Uh, I think he has shown great development. He's a big forward. He's a strong forward. Uh, he skates really well, and you know he can play play like a, a power forward type and I, I think he he can he I think he has a good chance of being either drafted or um, or getting signed as a free agent I have had him on my draft list this year I didn't have any in his own draft year so uh, but he he he's definitely the most interesting player. He's been playing good now in the SHL with Brinus as well. Uh, his first year playing in SHL, so probably him. Uh, Jonathan Wikström is a hardworking player, but you know he's I don't know, he's like five eight or five nine uh, tall. And Oscar Bichelius is also a hardworking player, but you know he he has some big issues with his skating. His skates with really short stride and. Uh, I, I think that will be the reason he is the reason he hasn't been drafted, and I think he, he won't get drafted either. So uh, those are that's what I think of those three. All right. Um, you mentioned a minute ago uh, Arvid Kosmar, Vancouver Canucks prospect, yeah. uh, 2019 seventh round late pick. Uh, but I, I noticed on Twitter that a couple of the Canucks fans and prospect writers like um, like Cam Robinson, they're pretty high on this guy. And when <clears throat> I organized the Dauber Prospects organizational rankings, um, he got a couple of you know late uh, mentions for their top 10 and a couple of honorable mentions as well. So uh, there seems to be something with this player. Is this a, an opportunity where he could maybe, you know, you mentioned that he's playing in a defensive role. And then you, you also mentioned that he could work his way up into the second line center and find himself between guys like Gundler and Holmstrom. Uh, this could be an opportunity for him to really step out of the shadows and be a bit of a, a fantasy hockey prospect darling, would you say? <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't know uh, if he's a fantasy hockey darling, but I, but I think yes, because, you know, they lost Henriksson and Eklund. I think he has the shot of being maybe the second line center and, uh, and he, he's always been this um, uh, offensive prospect, you know, really skilled with the pack, scored beautiful goals as he was younger. He scored pretty, I don't know how many points last season in, in, in the junior league, but he did really well. And I think it's, it's you know, uh, I think it's really strong of him to, to just come up in the SHL and, and play a totally different role and shows adaptability, I think, and he can... He is one of the uh, guys that they lean on on the penalty kill in that SHL team, and he will work his way up there as well. So I'm not sure that he will be an NHL player uh, in the future, uh, but but I think he he is a smart player with some skill, and uh, he he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. All right, so that's 
Arvid Kosmar, Vancouver Canucks. Another player who I'm I'm really curious about, and I put him on my watch list too, and I think he still might be available, is another Detroit prospect, and that's big winger Elmer Soderblom. He's six foot seven, two twenty-seven. So one of the things that obviously stands out about him and and yeah. uh uh, the league that I'm in is uh, counts a lot of the um, hits and blocks kind of greasy stats. So I'm always on the lookout for players who have, you know, massive size that should be really good at hits and penalty minutes, and then also have the hands and the ability to put up uh, enough points that they become NHL relevant and therefore fantasy relevant. So I'm looking at Soderblom, and I see that he's got the size. But I look at the the penalty minutes that he racks up, and and they're they're almost non-existent. Um, so, what kind of player is he? Well, he he is well, he isn't you know he he isn't like a menace on the ice. He's <laughs> he he has he's a of course very big. He skates well for his size, and he's really good at puck protection. He's he got nice hands. Uh, He's an overly skilled, but you know, good offensive player, strong around the net, strong along the boards. Uh, and you should keep in mind we have the bigger ice surface here too, so he can't just skate around and hit people all the time. I think he will be really uh, he will benefit really well on the smaller ice. Uh, I think he, he he will be really strong for Sweden, keeping the pack in the offensive zone. Uh, create scoring chances, you know, going around the net and just be this big presence. And uh, if I'm, I've always tried to to compare him to other players. He, they are very rare to be this big. But uh, if you remember, uh, I think he played on the Leafs some years. Uh, Freddie Modine, a Swedish player, I think he plays a bit like Modine. Not that big physical hitting player, but you know, good with the puck and strong around the net and not uh, elite skill, but good skilled. Oh, I remember Frederick Modine for sure. Yeah, he was uh, he was Matt Sundin winger for a while in Toronto yeah. back, in, back in Sundin's good old days. Um, so one thing you mentioned on there that I, I kind of want to talk about from a scouting capacity, is, and I hear this all the time, is when you're talking about big players, is, is skates well for a big guy or a guy <laughs> with his size. I mean, size is really kind of, almost out of the equation for NHL scouting now. Um, I think it's just he skates well or he doesn't. It doesn't matter if you're five foot nine or six foot nine. You can skate or you can't. Um, so would you say that his skating ability is good enough or has the potential to be good enough um, to make it to the NHL? Or is is it going to hold him back? Uh, no, uh, I... I... I said it like that because sometimes these bigger players aren't good skaters. And they look, you know, it looks like they all, all only drafted these guys for just their size. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that still happens. But but he, he can skate. He's not, you know, this elite skater. But the skating won't be the issue for him. I think he, the issue, if he doesn't make it to the NHL, he's just not skilled or, or good enough uh, to, to make it. So... I think uh, the skating won't be the issue. So uh, I, I like his skating. And I think you can be fooled by this kind of big players too because sometimes they look like they're slower. But, you know, if they have a long stride like he has, he, he comes so much further on every stride. So 
I think he's faster than he looks, so I, I like his skating. Yeah, there's there's two things that I keep in mind with with players who have grown really big, really fast. I mean, he's six foot seven at 19 years old, so there's a, a grace period there for skating development for larger players, in my opinion, because they've grown so much in such a little bit of time that they're perhaps just not comfortable in their body yet and haven't figured out their their balance or their agility because they've, they're just growing so fast and it's not a consistent set thing, really. Um, and the other thing about it is skating is a very correctable deficiency in a game. Anyone can learn how to skate if you put in the work, um, as long as you don't have some sort of injury or, you know, um, physical disability. If you put in the work and try hard enough, you can learn how to become a better skater. Uh, so maybe that's part of the skates big for his size um, context. Well, yeah, I kind of agree with you. But I, I think, if, as I talked earlier with Oscar Bichelius, I think he he won't be able to, to fix his skating, I think. I think if... I think the technique settles when when you before you become a teenager, and after that, it's you you can get it better, but you can't get it. You know, everyone not everyone can skate like Conor McDavid, or uh, you can train. You can't train to do that if you don't have the right muscle fibers, if you don't have the right technique. So, in some areas, I I don't think that skating is uh, fixable, but. I really uh, agree with what you said about, uh, you know, the, the tall players uh, needing more time. And I think that was the case with Elmer. I think he really bloomed. Uh, I think the first time I really was impressed by him was when he played in that U18 World Championship the year he, he got drafted. He His skating has developed really well during that year and uh, his balance was better. And so, so I think really that was the case with him. So now I think he skates well and uh, can use his size and cover the puck and, you know, be be really hard to contain for for uh, oppo- opponents. Mm-hmm. So uh, another aspect of the team that uh, I kind of wanted to touch on is, and this is a little bit COVID-related, unfortunately, but they've had some, some issues with their coaching staff. Uh, what's the latest on Team Sweden's um, COVID situation, if you know it? If you know it. <laughs> Well, it's really, uh, it's a really big issue. Uh, they, they, they put together a big group of players, but they didn't think that management can get COVID too. So they only had, you know, the 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 leaders that was going to go to the tournament, and and then when people got sick uh, in the leadership. Uh, they, they, it, it was too late to find replacements. Uh, so they, lo- and obviously the biggest loss was their head coach Thomas Monten. He he got COVID in the bubble here in Sweden, uh, so he can't go. Uh, so he's home in Sweden. I think he would coach from, from watching a TV. <laughs> he's <laughs> so, gonna Zoom coach. <laughs> yeah, uh, he he will be at team meetings and you know help from from home and look at video, I guess. Uh, and the head coach that didn't get COVID, uh, uh, or the coach that didn't get COVID, and now the head coach is a really inexperienced 30-year-old guy uh, called Joel Ronmark, 
uh, he hasn't been near any head coaching at this level. So that will be interesting to see. And Sweden tried to solve this by, I think they contacted Daniel Alfredson. He said yes to come and coach this team. But then the, uh, the IIHF uh, said no, because even if he already live in Canada, he, he couldn't join. So they, they really tried to solve this and they don't have a goalie coach. Uh, and then, uh, the team manager, uh, the guy you know who fix everything uh, uh, in the background, uh, he broke the quarantine, so he got sent home. And they also, I think, they have two other leaders. Not none of them coaches. If if uh, coaches, if I'm um, correctly mm. informed, are now in extra quarantine because they uh, was shown to have COVID when they arrived in Edmonton. Uh, so they they can't be around the team and are isolated. So uh, it's it's a real mess. But they have they have a thirty year old head coach, and they were able to bring one other guy too. I think uh, to coach. So uh, they will be really short, and that will be interesting to see how how big of an impact that has. Yeah, for sure. It makes me think of uh, a famous Roger Nielsen quote, and I'll, I'll paraphrase it. He said, you know. Coaching hockey isn't like coaching baseball. He he would have he liked baseball more as a coach because he can impact game decisions and game plays. He says in hockey, all that work is done before the game. During the game, I just open the door. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully he was like very accurate in that assessment. So Sweden won't be won't be as in dire straits, perhaps, if that's the case. So the head coach can watch the games, uh, make analysis, come up with strategies, line combinations. Um, um, and a playbook, and um, whoever whoever's healthy enough to open the door can just be the guy that taps players on the shoulder and opens the door. Um, we'll see. But that that could be a really big problem. I remember a few years ago, Finland was having a really hard time at the World Juniors, and mid-tournament, they changed coaches, and yeah. it, made a, it made a big difference. They went from being terrible. Uh, it, I mean, it was too, still too late, but um, but they played much better after that. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, so are there any other players or any other topics for Sweden on the World Juniors here that uh, that you want to touch on before we, we wrap up this episode? Uh, I think uh, uh, Oscar Olauson, I think he is a possible first-round pick in the upcoming draft. I think it's, it's hard to... Uh, I think it's hard to... Uh, assess who is the first round pick this year because Oscar Lawson has had a great uh, fall here. He has uh, played really well in the junior league and he's come up and played really well in the SHL. So and he's a big player, skates well, a great shot. Uh, so so he will be fun to to see. I, I would think he will play in a third line role and uh, and he he can create stuff on his own too. I think. Uh, I think it, he will be really interesting to see, and uh, I think it also another topic. I think it's interesting. It's a Sweden. All of these players have played this season, and uh, that's not the case, I guess, for for Canada and uh, USA. So that will also be interesting to see what kind of difference uh, that can make. And I think there were a lot of. I, I saw Bob McKenzie's. Uh, he he has this. Uh, draft ranking where he pulls uh, scouts from from for their opinion and there was a lot of Swedes there in his top 20 so I, I guess some of them uh, has benefited of playing actually and 
a lot of the Canadian prospects haven't played since March, so that will also be interesting to see Oscar Lawson against uh, this top competition. Yeah, I mentioned that on my previous episode, the Canadian one with Craig Button, and I had noticed that a lot of the American players are coming from the NCAA, and almost all of them have at least two games played this season. And when I was doing my prep work for this episode, I noticed that all of the players for Sweden have at least two games played, in some cases a lot higher than that. So I asked Craig if he thought that that would be perhaps a handicap or a detriment for Canada having only, um, I think it's like three or four players that have any any games played coming out of the, the Quebec League uh, and Dylan Holloway in the NCAA. And he said he only thought it would be a problem if the gold medal game was on December 25th. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the players will have a couple of games in, in pre-tournament to play. And uh, and he said for Canada in particular, they're in, they're in Group A. So their first three games are against Slovakia, Sweden, and Germany. He said, so that's pre-tournament for Canada as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it certainly could be an advantage for, for Sweden if uh, in the short term, I think for any team that has a number of players and, you know, for the opening game, it certainly doesn't hurt. Um, and I think a lot of the players on, on all these teams have a lot of familiarity with each other. Um, they're all within one or two years of uh, the same age group. So a lot of tournament internationally and uh, throughout their whole life playing against and with each other. So. Uh, it'll be a really fun tournament to watch. I'm glad you mentioned Oscar Olison as well. That's that's someone who I wanted to to bring up, and I had kind of missed that in my notes. He is uh, the other 21 draft eligible player, along with Jesper Wallstadt, who we yeah. covered as well. Uh, so you're thinking potentially two first round picks here, eh? Yeah, I think they both ha- both have. Uh... Uh, good chances of that. I think there are first round talents uh, anyway, and but I, I haven't, you know, have the full grasp of, of the competition for the first round yet, as you know, Canadian junior hockey has been down and so on. But as of it, as it look now, and they both were on that top twenty, I think maybe all oh, no, I I'd have to check that, but on that top twenty uh, list that McKenzie had, so. They are very interesting players. They're both 02 born, so none of the 03 strong uh, players in Sweden uh, got picked. Simon Edvinson was the only one at camp. I, I would have liked him to, to get picked uh, also uh, as a seventh or eighth defenseman, maybe. So was a bit disappointed by that too. But Olausson and Wallstedt will be interesting to see uh, against this competition and both of them have done well in the SHL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a difficult year for scouting. So I'm glad that a couple of the prominent 2021 draft prospects are going to be in the world juniors. A little surprise that, um, uh, is it, uh, Atu didn't make team Finland. Yeah. Uh, he's been struggling this season. So, I guess he didn't make the team because he doesn't deserve to be on it based on his play. Um, but that's disappointing from a, a scouting perspective. That yeah. this would be one of my best opportunities to watch him play in his draft year, being over here in in Kingston, Ontario, Canada. Um, difficult to get a lot of exposure to Finnish hockey games here. Um, okay, so Jimmy Hamron has been my guest on this episode. He is uh, a scout 
for McKean's. And uh, Jimmy, I also kind of wanted to give a little bit of a plug to a podcast that you started up earlier this season. You got a couple episodes under your belt. It's called Future of Hockey. Uh, where can we find this podcast? Uh, uh, on SoundCloud and Spotify, uh, you can find it. It's in English too, so <laughs> yeah. well, that's that's helpful for my audience. Yeah, yeah. So the, the episodes you have under your belt, if I'm not mistaken, they were focused on uh, the 2020 draft. Uh, yeah. So there's still some some relevant information in there, but it's yeah. it's for the draft that's already happened. Uh, what are your plans for future episodes? Uh, I don't know really. I, I, you know, I'm. It's such a weird time right now. Yeah, it's hard to keep a schedule. I don't now. Uh, for example, the junior hockey is down in Sweden. We don't know when it's gonna, and if even if it's gonna come back this season. Maybe just 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 close the season for the junior hockey. So uh, it's kind of tough uh, now to to have a. Maybe I do some something around the world juniors uh, and probably something. Uh, before the draft, so for, for this year's draft, I had uh, experts talking to me about the best uh, with me with about the best Swedish players um, and the best Finnish players, Russian players, European players. And then uh, I, I had Ryan Wagman from Mikins Hockey too to talk about the North American players, and I had the goalie coach uh, in Aska Saint Petersburg to talk about Askarovan. Just scouting goalies generally, it was a really interesting episode too. So uh, you can really <laughs> help me by listening to that. So I think it's still relevant and maybe I will we, see uh, what the next episode is. just something I, I do on my free time. It's not commercial commercial or anything like that. Right. Same with same with me here on this one. I, I'm really interested to listen to your Ask Rob Goalie Coach episode because goaltending is a bit bit of an enigma to me um and i think a lot of people struggle with assessing goaltenders talent uh and yeah. and projecting goalies uh jimmy thanks so much for coming on this episode uh one last question i'm going to put you on the spot what's your prediction for team sweden this year in terms of the streak that they have at the world juniors and and do you think they can break the the metal slump uh i i think they can I think the streak will be broken. I don't think they can win four uh, straight games uh, this year, but I think I think they can take a medal. Probably bronze medal is their best shot. I don't, if you look at Team Canada, I think uh, they can't match that uh, kind of team on paper. Russia looks really strong as well, and USA ha- has their strong 08 group there. So, oh, one group, sorry. Uh, so... Uh, it, it will be really tough for Sweden. I think they're a, a top four uh, team on paper, and hopefully they, they can get a bronze medal or maybe even uh, get their way into to the final. But I think the gold medal uh, would be really surprising if they got uh, went the whole way. Yeah, in recent history, they seem to be uh, owning that bronze medal pretty pretty good. They've got it uh, one, two, three, four in the last six years with a silver and a and a no medal yeah. mixed in there. So, you know, well, they've got an interesting roster. Uh, it's interesting how last year their strength was in defense, and this year it's goaltending and up front. So uh, they'll be a fun team to watch. They always are. Thanks for coming on. Uh, follow Jimmy. On Twitter, his Twitter handle is uh, at Jimmy Hammerin, J-I-M-M-Y-H-A-M-M-Y-H-A-M-M-Y-H-A-M-M-Y-H-A-M-M-Y-H-A-M-M-Y-H-A-M-M-Y-H-A-M
M R I N. And he is a scout for McKean's and a, a really good source for uh, Swedish and European hockey prospecting and scouting information. Thanks, Jimmy. And I uh, hope those are World Juniors. And I uh, thanks for coming on the podcast and looking forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been fun. My pleasure, man.